When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now, for your host, Dan Mater. Welcome back to the show, MD Nation. As always, this is Dan Mater, your host, and we got a great show for you guys again today. We're heading into the Week 7 Preview, Part 1, where we go over the Thursday night and the 1 o'clock games, along with all of the injury updates and, of course, a mailbag segment from you, MD Nation, the fans, the listeners, at the end of the show. So you're not going to want to miss a thing. We want all of this information to be able to help you get the best decisions possible made for your matchups this week, and I will be there to help you as a tool all along the way. Make sure you tweet at me or Facebook message me or direct email me for any of your fantasy football needs at Show on Twitter, at Show on Facebook, and of course the website www.mdffshow.com to send me a direct email and be able to check out the rankings that will be up later on today for your Week 7 matchups too. So of course we're going to have to get kicked off with this show. There is a lot of news circulating around, so we are going to have a latest news segment, so Let's go ahead and dive into that real quick right now, and that way we can get on with the show for the rest of the matchups and the content to come. Latest news. If you have been living under a rock for the past 48 hours, you may not have heard about the Jalen Ramsey trade to the Los Angeles Rams. Now, of course, before that, there became a flurry of moves by the Rams themselves as they traded for Austin Corbett and then, of course, traded away Marcus Peters for Justice Young on the defensive side of the ball to the Baltimore Ravens and then followed that up later on in the day by acquiring Jalen Ramsey for two first-round picks and a fourth round pick in 2021. So clearly they had a 
plan in mind. Clearly, they were moving on from Marcus Peters and want to move forward now with Jalen Ramsey as the star of that defense, or at least of the secondary with Aaron Donald still there, and be able to fit there. Now, for Jalen Ramsey, this this is a great fit because what we have now is he's going to be able to play man-to-man. This is what he's wanted to do. This is why he wanted to leave Jacksonville so badly. Jacksonville, they play that Seattle type of cover three defense. He did not want to do that anymore. He believes he's the best of the best and believes that he is best when he plays man-to-man and plays shadow coverage against the top wide receivers. He is going to get that opportunity now for the Rams. So that's why it's so important for fantasy purposes. Now, we'll see if he plays this week, and you may not have anything to worry about if you're a Julio Jones owner, because he may not be able to go quite just yet, but moving forward after this week, I expect that he will be able to shadow coverage number one wide receivers from here on out, so as fantasy football owners, whenever you go to play against the Rams, you're going to have to take that into consideration that it's not just going to be the fact that you have to go against Jalen Ramsey, it's the fact that it's going to be Jalen Ramsey in shadow coverage for your number one wide receivers, and that could be a big difference now when you go to play the Rams, who were a plus matchup for the past few weeks, and now, at least for your number one wide receiver, might not be so much, but could be a great matchup for whoever the number two wide receiver on that particular team of who they play is. So, because keep in mind, they're going to have to go with young corners who aren't very good on the other side of Jalen Ramsey with Aqib Tlaib on the IR, and Marcus Peters, of course, gone. So that's also something you're going to have to keep in mind. I do think it's going to benefit the defense in general if you've had the Rams defense or looking for a defense to stream. I do think it's going to help them out, not just because of Jalen Ramsey and his talent, but because Wade Phillips is now going to be able to call the defense that he's always wanted to call. He likes to play more man-to-man. Marcus Peters, as we've come to find out since he's joined the Los Angeles Rams, is a zone corner. He's not a man-to-man corner. He's he's not very good when he has to have his back turned towards the ball. He has to be able to see everything and go on everything. He would be a great cover three corner, and he's going to do really well in the Ravens system there too. I think we're going to see Marcus Peters kind of have a turnaround in his career. So I think it was a good move for him as well. But that also means that the Rams will be able to do more what they want to do, more what Wade Phillips wants to do, and that will help them get back on track in a big way if the Rams defense can come uh, back up to where we all expect them to be because they do have a lot of talent on that team. So that's what it's all going to affect as far as fantasy purposes go. And then those are the other trades that were made too. We'll see. There's been rumors circulating around this maybe an active trade deadline heading into next week. Uh, John Dorsey came out and confirmed that he has been trying to trade for Trent Williams. Makes sense. They're on their bye week. They need offensive line help. But so far, the Redskins have not budged in their stance that they do not want to trade Trent Williams, which at this point makes no sense. But that is where they are as of right now. So it's nothing more than a rumor at this point. And there are several uh, rumors circulating around about top end wide receivers switching places. Uh, What I will say, and just real quickly to kind of tap on that. So AJ Green's name has been circulated around, especially times with 49ers. I don't see that happening. I think Cincinnati Bengals are probably going to try to get a contract extension done with him. And this is a team that uh, they're not really looking to rebuild or they would look more so to retool. And a long way to go with that would be to try to bring A.J. Green back into the fold. Uh, so I don't think he's going to get traded. The one that I keep hearing about a lot is Odell Beckham being traded. And I would say there is probably even less than 0% chance of that rumor actually coming to fruition. It's not going to happen, guys. Uh, so something, you know, stop putting it out there. Stop believing it. Odell Beckham is not leaving Cleveland. They're not going to be trading him away after what they gave up to get him uh, this past season. They're not going to bail on Baker Mayfield uh, halfway through his second year. It's not going to happen. So Odell Beckham, as a result, is not going to go anywhere. So that's also another one that's out there that's 
not going to happen either. Most of these deals aren't going to happen. The one that I did hear rumors about today that I've always thought would be a possibility is Kenyon Drake with the Dolphins. I mean, one of the reasons I have him in a couple of my fantasy leagues myself and been holding on to him is with the idea that it makes sense the Dolphins will trade him at some point. And I've been holding him there because, you know, if he does get traded, I'd like to see what situation he winds up in and then kind of reassess from there. But if he goes to the right place where he has the right opportunity to be able to make an impact on a good team or at least a better team, which isn't saying much when you're talking about the Dolphins in this situation, he is a guy who's going to have at least flex appeal for fantasy value. So that's why I've held on to him. So we're going to find out within the next week, week and a half on whether that's really going to come to fruition. But the talks are that they have been do or have been involved in trade talks that involved Kenyon Drake to this point. I believe that to be so to be case. Uh, he probably won't be traded this week at this point, being that it's Thursday. But if, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something by 4 o'clock uh, next Tuesday. So that pretty much wraps up the latest news segment. We haven't had one in a while. So we're going to take a quick break, come back on the other side, get started with the preview matchups for Week 7. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. And of course, to kick things off for Week 7, we have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos in the Thursday night football matchup. And this should actually be another good Thursday night game. We've seen the Chiefs struggle a little bit due to the injuries to Patrick Mahomes and the offensive line and the receiving core. Sammy Watkins is going to be out again in this game. We also have to see if the Kansas City Chiefs remember that they have to run the football and have some kind of balance on offense to keep some pressure off of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's that's been the main issue is that even though he's been a little bit banged up and the receiving core has been banged up as well. Andy Reid has gone back to his little Andy Reid thing where he forgets sometimes that he actually has a running game and you have to run the football. I talked about this a little bit in the recap episode. Hopefully you'll see that even if it's not uberly effective, even if it's LaShawn McCoy or Damien Williams or Daryl Williams. And you know, it should be for fantasy purposes. If you're wondering, LaShawn McCoy should be the main runner. Uh, that's what we've seen so far. And he looks like to be taking more and more of a role and being more of the lead rusher for this team needs to get worked in more. Like I said, not just to keep the offense balanced, but to keep some pressure off of Patrick Mahomes, who's not 100% right now behind a not 100% offensive line. Stop getting him killed. That's what we've seen the last two weeks. We've seen Patrick Mahomes basically get killed. We've seen him go five wide, four wide with five offensive linemen, no one there to help block, and everyone's able to pin their ears back and go, and Patrick Mahomes is not mobile right now. Simply not. He's probably dealing with a high ankle sprain, most likely. And we know that with wide receivers and running backs, he wouldn't be playing right now. So keep that in mind. Andy Reid's going to have to adjust some of his play calling, especially against Denver, whose defense has been looking really good over the past couple of weeks, whose pass rush has gotten back up to snuff, whose run defense has been a lot better. So you're going up against a defense that's building momentum at the moment. And a couple weeks ago, you played against the Colts defense that were on their backup secondary across the board. And then last week, you were playing Houston, who doesn't have a very good defense this year either. This is the best defense you faced in the last three weeks, and you haven't been that sharp on offense because of the one-dimensional play calling. 
We'll see if he's able to get back on track. But for fantasy purposes, obviously, you still start Patrick Mahomes. You'll be fine. Uh, Tyreek Hill is back. He'll be good to go in this one. Yes, he might see Chris Harris, but the good thing about Tyreek Hill is that they have a tendency to move him all around the field. And I don't think Chris Harris is going to shadow him everywhere he goes in this game. He will see a good amount of him, but Tyreek Hill is so good. We saw last week he just jump over a guy with how small, like 5'7", he just jumps over a guy to go catch the ball. He's so good. He's so fast that unless you're talking about one of the top corners of the league one of the elite elites, I'm not going to be overly concerned about Tyreek Hill, especially with no Sammy Watkins in this game where there should be added volume for him and for Travis Kelsey. Yes, Travis Kelsey has not been uh, he has not been as good as you expect him to be, uh, not been as good as you drafted him to be, especially if you drafted him in that second round. He's been a bit disappointing, only has one touchdown on the year. That will get better as the season goes on. He has been pretty consistent getting you 70 to 80 yards, except for last week when he got 50 yards. I expect Kelsey to play better. I expect him, the offense, to start doing better soon, especially when they get Sammy Watkins back. I'm not going to worry about it, and obviously you're going to start Travis Kelsey no matter who they're playing. As far as the running back situation, like I said, the main rusher should be LaShawn McCoy. But right now, being that Andy Reid's in his little world right now where he forgets to run the football, there's no guarantee as far as how many times LaShawn McCoy is going to run the football. Now, on one hand, you've got to think about it on the other side of the ball, which is the Denver Broncos. And their offense is more of a ball control type of offense. They're not going to be a team that's going to have the ability to put up a ton of points or not necessarily look to put up a ton of points. They're going to look to try to do more ball control. So it should keep this game maybe a tad bit more low scoring than you're used to seeing Kansas City Chiefs games be. And therefore, that might lend them to being in a situation where they may choose to run the football a little bit more. So I do think there's a decent shot here. The McCoy sees at least 12 carries, maybe 14. I think that's the range that you're looking for and hoping for. And being with this offense, that gives him a chance to score. It gives him a chance to get somewhere between 50 and 80 yards. So I do think LaShawn McCoy in this game is a low-end flex play. That's actually the only running back I'm really willing to play this week. The reason why is because Damian Williams hasn't been very involved since he's come back. And, you know, even when you're talking PPR leagues, which is, you know, where Damian Williams normally in this situation would thrive, he hasn't been that involved in those situations either. So that's what we have to see. And Darrell Williams, with him getting enough run where he himself is not fantasy relevant, but he is kind of capping some of the touches that McCoy or Damian Williams would normally see. I don't know if you can really trust Damian Williams in this game right now. I think you kind of have to wait and see the running backs as a whole get more back involved into the offense before you can move forward with being able to play Damian Williams as a flex. And I think his days of being an RB2 are done because I think LaShawn McCoy, as the season progresses, as the temperature changes, is going to get more and more involved as we move forward and Damian Williams less and less and less. I think that's what we're going to see. This is why Damian Williams was one of my was one of my bus guys going into the offseason. Now, then back you know in the middle of summer, I thought it was going to be Carlos Hyde, but then it just turns out to be LaShawn McCoy. But the same concept still applies. On the Broncos side of the ball, you're going to start Philip Lindsay. I think Royce Freeman has very low end flex appeal because he should be able to get you somewhere between six to eight points, maybe double digit points in PPR leagues because he has been involved in the passing game. He's been getting around four to five targets almost every single week and has been converting them on a pretty high rate, getting four to five catches. Uh, he's not, there hasn't been too many targets gone his way that he hasn't been able to get the, get the ball because it's on the check down. So because he's been involved in that enough, I think if you're, you know, if you're hurt by bye weeks or injuries, whatever the case may be, and you're looking for options, uh, I think he's somebody that you could plug in the flex and know that you'll at least be serviceable. 
Um, being that's a Thursday night game, if you are going to play Royce Freeman, obviously the conventional wisdom would be to play him in your RB2 spot to keep the flex open just because, you know, you still have one more day of practice. You never know if somebody might get hurt in practice. I mean, we're dealing with that right now with guys like Alvin Kamara who got hurt later on in the week. Um, you know, it's happened. So, you know, the conventional wisdom is if you're going to play somebody on Thursday night, play them in their, in their spot. If you're going to play a running back in the flex, play them in their RB2 spot. If you play wide receiver, play them in the wide receiver spot and keep that flex open just in case something were to happen on a Friday. Um, that's pretty, pretty common wisdom that experts usually give just so to kind of keep that in mind. But I want to make that clear because when I talk about guys like being low end flex appeals, that's where their range is. But when you're talking about Thursday night, that's not necessarily where you should play them if you're going to decide to play them. Uh, as far as receivers go, Emmanuel Sanders will be able to practice in full on Tuesday. So that does give me the confidence that he's going to be good to go in this one. He's another one who I think is a mid-level wide receiver three flex guy who's going to have some upside in this game against the Kansas City Chiefs because it is a plus matchup. But the guy I like more in this game is Cortland Sutton. A, he's been very good for the past couple of weeks, but B, his physical explosiveness I think is going to be too much for that Kansas City secondary to be able to handle. And if the Chiefs are able to click a little bit more on offense than they had the past couple of weeks and the Broncos are put in a situation where they have to come back from behind, which is a very likely scenario in tonight's game, I do believe that Cortland Sutton and the Broncos offense are going to have to be more high volume in the passing game, which should lead to Sutton getting extra opportunities. And I do like Sutton quite a bit in this game already, especially if he's going to get opportunities in the fourth quarter, let's say, if they're trying to mount a comeback. Uh, but I do like both of them. I think Sutton is more of a high-end wide receiver three with upside, while Emmanuel Sanders is more of a low to mid-level wide receiver three with, with some upside. But I do think that you could play both of them in this matchup and feel pretty good about your chances to get a decent output. Next game we want to talk about, we're going to kick it off on the Sunday games, and we're going to talk about the Rams and the Falcons. There's a lot to go over here. So you have Jared Goff, who's coming off of a 78-yard game. And guess what? My advice to you is to play him. I know he was the number one dropped quarterback after this past week. And I don't, you know, I don't blame you guys. Actually, I take that back. He was number two because it was Baker Mayfield was number one, not just because of the bad performance, but also because this is his bye week this week. So he was highly dropped. Jared Goff, if he was dropped and you're looking for quarterbacks to stream, do it. I don't care that he had a 78-yard performance last week. This is the Atlanta Falcons that we're talking about. This is a team that anybody, anybody can get right on. And on top of that, it's not like Jared Goff doesn't have evidence this season of being able to put up capable fantasy numbers. While he hasn't played great this year, he's had a 500-yard game. He's had a 400-yard game. He's thrown multiple touchdowns in games. It was a bad week. Put it in the past. Put it behind you. Todd Gurley has been practicing in a limited capacity. It does look like he's going to play. So not only is that good for Todd Gurley owners, obviously, because you want to have him against the Falcons especially, it's also really good for Jared Goff. Because that offense as a whole just operates a lot better when Todd Gurley's in the lineup, even if he's not necessarily involved in every capacity that he should be. Jared Goff's going to be a lot better in this game against the Atlanta Falcons. A lot better in this game. And he's going to be one of my top streaming quarterbacks of the week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Still a low in QB1, just because he ha- you haven't been able to trust him because he hasn't been looked sharp. But against the Falcons, yeah, he's still going to be a guy who's going to be inside of my top 12 when my rankings come out later. Todd Gurley, obviously, if he plays, you play him. Now, let's say it looks like Todd Gurley's going to play because, like I said, he's practicing in limited capacity up until this point. But let's say he doesn't. Let's say he has a setback or he practices in limited capacity, but they're still not 100% sure about using him and, and risking it. Okay. Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson. Yes, there's been a lot of chatter about Daryl Henderson looking better in last week's game. As we know now, Malcolm Brown picked up a little bit of an injury. Now, he's been day-to-day. He's fully expected to be able to go this week. Uh, not anything to expect to be serious, but it nagged him throughout. That offense as a whole was just performed terribly. So the inefficiency that Malcolm Brown had should really get thrown out the window if you're trying to factor in, well, Henderson looks so much better. He was still the lead guy. Brown was, that is. Henderson still didn't automatically come in in passing downs either. So that's enough for me to know that Malcolm Brown is still the handcuff that you want to own. He's still the guy that you're going to want to play. I know a lot of people, a lot of experts included, have told you guys to go ahead and pick up Daryl Henderson. One, because it was a light waiver wire week. But two, because he looked better than Malcolm Brown, that he's somebody you should go ahead and pick up. I purposely did not have Daryl Henderson on my waiver wire report. I should have probably explained why in the recap, but... I didn't think it would be as big of a thing as it became on social media with people asking me questions about that. The reason I left Daryl Henderson off is because when Todd Gurley comes back, and I expected Todd Gurley to come back this week too, by the way, he's going to go back to being third string running back and not involved at all. So why waste fab or a priority on a guy who could be a third string starting this week? There's no point. And if something were happening to Gurley, you're still going to play Malcolm Brown. I'm not going to have any confidence in playing Daryl Henderson. He didn't have enough of a role. It wasn't a 50-50 split. He didn't take over all the passing downs. So how are you going to have confidence in playing Daryl Henderson? How do you know what his volume is going to be? There's nothing to go off of. Nothing. Other than you think he looked better, great. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Is Sean, are you Sean McVay? No? Well, then you're not the one who gets to decide who's going to start at running back and gets to play. So don't bother. Wide receivers, start them all. Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, obviously everyone's going to start Cooper Cup because he's been the one guy who's been consistently good, but there's no reason in the world against the Atlanta Falcons, the way they've been playing defense as of late, that Cooks and Woods should not be in your starting lineups. It doesn't matter if if they've been disappointing. Cooks especially, he's primed, looking for a big breakout game. This very well could be the week to do it, but Woods too. I mean, Woods, he had a touchdown, but he didn't catch the ball last week. You'd start them all. Start them all. Even Gerald Everett is a low-end streaming tight end option this week playing against the Falcons any Falcons can make any offense right to ship and this is going to be a good opportunity for them here on the Falcons side of the ball you start everybody too look like I said while they've traded for Jalen Ramsey it's unexpected at this point that Ramsey will play this week now after this week we'll see and after this week there'll be a bit of a pain for fantasy purposes when you go against the Rams but for this week I don't think he's going to play which means Play everyone. This could very well be a shootout game. Matt Ryan, who's been great every single week for you for fantasy purposes, but Devontae Freeman, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper. Yeah, you start all of those guys with confidence. All of them. I wouldn't hesitate at all. Devontae Freeman's been a lot better as of late, too, because he's been involved in the passing game. So you got a great matchup there. Next game is the exact opposite of of the Rams and Falcons game. The Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Whew. Man, that's going to be brutal. So you're not starting any Dolphins. 
And I think we can just go ahead and skip them because that you're that's you're not. I mean, I'll mention real quickly in case you've been living under a rock. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter this week, and it does not matter at all. So we'll just skip the Dolphins because you're not starting any of them. I talked about Kenyon Drake in the latest news. You know, keep him in case he gets traded, but you're not actually playing him. So on Buffalo side of the ball, Josh Allen is a streaming worthy quarterback. Uh, John Brown was able to come back and practice today after being limited yesterday, so it's a good sign. He he picked up the injury while he was in practice, so there was some question if he was going to practice today uh, and whether he'd be available. It sounds like it's not that serious because otherwise he wouldn't have practiced today, and he was able to do so in a limited capacity, so there's a good chance John Brown's going to be out there. If that's going to be the case against the Miami Dolphins, he's a wide receiver three with big play upside. So I think he's somebody you could play. I think he would be a nice little plug in tournament leagues uh, if you're looking for something there too. And I had Cole Bleasley on my waiver wire report, one, because of case John Brown was banged up, but two, he has been targeted consistently, and they played not just the Dolphins this week, but to play the Eagles next week. So accounting for injuries and accounting for heavy bye weeks for the next two weeks, I you know it felt gross. I didn't. I don't love it. I don't feel confident about it, but... I do think Cole Beasley is somebody who deserves to be on the waiver wire report with those mashups and the usage that he has had going into the bye week from a week ago for the Buffalo Bills. I know Dawson Knox has been somebody who's been talked about as a streaming tight end option, uh, and I know the tight end situation is completely desperate right now, but I'm I'm not going to stream Dawson Knox. Could he wind up in the end zone? Yeah, I mean, anything's possible with the with the Dolphins. But he hasn't been that involved in the offense. I mean, maybe if John Brown didn't play this game, I would think again about it if you're truly desperate at the tight end position because of the matchup. But he hasn't been that involved in the offense for me to sit here and go, yeah, let's let's play Dawson Knox. Let's let's go ahead and take that chance and roll those dice. I don't care how desperate the tight end situation is. I guarantee you there's somebody in your league that I would like better over Dawson Knox this week. And if you're not sure, go ahead and message me and get in contact with me on Twitter, on Facebook, or uh, email me through the website. I'll be glad to help you out. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find a better option. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills are going to be one of the top defenses this week uh, as well. As far as the running back situation goes for the Bills, Devin Singletary is expected to be back this week. He is practicing uh, fully, so he will be back there, but he's not hes not going to be the starter this week. I mean, he hadn't become the starter yet before he got hurt. I thought he was on his way to doing so, and there's no reason as we move forward into the season that Frank Gore should continue to be the starter, but even if Devin Singletary was to take over at some point, this is going to be a committee, all right, and I think TJ Yeldon will take a step back. I think he'll be pretty much be the odd man out. He's not going to be involved in the passing down because they, they had been showing Devin Singletary some uh, confidence in the passing downs moving, you know, before he got injured. So I do think Yeldon's going to take a step back. I do think this is going to be Singletary and Frank Gore. But until I see the split, even against the Miami Dolphins, I don't know how you trust a Buffalo Bills running back. I don't know how you trust the volume. Now, maybe you want to take the shot that you know Devin Singletary in this matchup isn't going to need a ton of carries to possibly do some damage. Okay, yeah, if you absolutely need to. But hopefully you're not in that situation. Hopefully you have better options to be able to go to. uh, And just give it a week. Like I said, like, you know, they're playing as the Eagles next week. It's not going to be a great matchup for any of the running backs and all. But I would give it a week to see exactly what the split is going to be between the two. Is it going to be 50-50? Or are they going to work Devin Singletary back slowly and still have Frank Gore get the majority of the touches with Singletary getting worked in here and there? 
And Frank Gore loses any work in my mind, he's not nearly as valuable. He has to have all the work for me to be able to play him in a flex capacity, even against the Dolphins. This might be the one week where I would say maybe you have a chance to get away with it if you need to. But moving forward, if they're not playing anybody besides the Dolphins, uh, Frank Gore has to get all the work for me to want to play him or even have him on my team, frankly. Devin Singletary is going to take over this job as long as he does not get hurt again at some point this season. That's going to happen. So it's just a matter of when that happens. All right, so now we're going to take a quick break. Come back on the other side. We have a lot more games to preview. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. Rolling right along here, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals to talk about. And in this game, it's going to be a little one-sided. Uh, look, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to have their backup, backup secondary players in. So that bodes well for Gardner Minshew being a top streaming quarterback this week. That bodes well for DJ Chark, who's you know, production-wise, has been a wide receiver one so far this season and has a good chance to bounce back from a, you know, small performance a week ago. And being that he's been the most targeted receiver in the red zone, I see no reason why he doesn't have a great opportunity to get in the end zone again this week against Cincinnati Bengals. Leonard Fournette should be an RB1 against this team that does not tackle, running backs especially. Uh, So you can good there. Even D.D. Westbrook might be a... Top-end wide receiver four, low-end wide receiver three that you can play in the flex this week and expect some decent production out of. Like This is a week where you could actually play the Jaguars for fantasy purposes with with real confidence You know, outside of Leonard Fournette for a change going up against the, the Bengals here because that's just how bad they've been on, on, on defense. They haven't been able to tackle anybody. So I expect big games out of especially Chark and Leonard Fournette and solid games out of Minshew and uh, D.D. Westbrook there if you're looking for guys to play. On the Bengals side of the ball, um, still going to be no A.J. Green. Still hasn't practiced. They had talked about him maybe getting a full practice in some point this week, but that doesn't look like that's going to wind up being the case. And I really don't expect A.J. Green to come back until after their bye week. He seems to be in absolutely no rush to come back. So you've been holding on to A.J. Green. First of all, bless your soul. But second of all, you're going to have to hold on to him at least for a few more weeks if your plan is to really try to get something out of him. Andy Dalton, you can't play him against the Jacksonville Jaguars with no A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd, who's pretty much been MIA since John Ross has gone down. He really he has been. Look, Tyler Boyd, the thing about him is that he's he proved this last year. He's not great if he does not have at least a deep threat on the other side of him to take away some attention, to take a safety out of who a safety who has to protect over the top away. Because otherwise, if he gets bracketed coverage, which is what he's doing right now, because there's no reason to not bracket coverage Tyler Boyd, you know that's the only one pass catcher that Andy Dalton's going to want to try to go to if he gets the opportunity to do so. He's not able to be that effective. So I, I, I would look for other options. I would not want to play Tyler Boyd in this matchup if I could avoid it. Maybe you don't have a better option, and I can understand that. But I'm not going to want to play him. 
I don't care that Jaguars don't have Jalen Ramsey anymore. It's still a decent defense. It's still a defense that's going to be able to get after Andy Dalton. This is still an awful offensive line. Same thing kind of goes for Joe Mixon. I don't want to play Joe Mixon if I can help it in this game. The Cincinnati Bengals team has been so bad up front. The Jaguars defense has been playing better as of late, especially against the run. I would want to play Joe Mixon. You may not, again, you may not have a better option. You may be forced into that situation. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And as far as you guys are looking, hey, should I sell Joe Mixon? No. You shouldn't. Right now, you would only get pennies on the dollar anyway, and they do have somebody named Corey Glenn who's on his way back. I don't know if it'll be this week. Hopefully, for his sake, it will be, but even if it's not this week and he comes back in week eight, he's going to be a big help, not just to Joe Mixon, but to Andy Dalton, to that offense in general. Help. They do have some help on the way for that offensive line, so I would keep that in mind as why I pretty much would not sell Joe Mixon for pennies on the dollar. Besides the fact that if I don't want to be the guy who sells my my top players away for pennies on a dollar because usually when you do that, especially in redraft leagues, you have very little to no chance to have, be able to come back and win later on in the season. So just kind of keep that in mind too. Stay pat on Joe Mixon. Alton Tate obviously will continue to get his extra work share that he's been getting, but this isn't a matchup where I want to really play him all that much either. I know against the Baltimore Ravens, he was able to have a decent game just because the volume is there and they're playing, they're, you know, they're paying all this attention to Tyler Boyd, which I expect to happen again this week. But Alton Tate's not that great. The Bengals offense might really struggle in this game, especially since they're probably not going to be able to handle that defensive front of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know how you play Alton Tate with any confidence this week. So the next game we want to talk about is the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. This will be a good game, fantasy purpose-wise. As far as, you know, the wide receivers go for the Vikings, especially for Stephon Diggs, this is a good matchup if Darius Slay still does not play. Now, history tells us that if Slay does play, it's usually Stephon Diggs who he shadows. So I do think Adam Thielen either way will be good for this game. And it does shape up to be kind of an Adam Thielen type of game. So I think you're going to be very confident in him. But I think with Diggs' situation, you're really hoping Darius Slay needs one more week to come back. Because if he's able to come back this week, I don't know how much I love Diggs. Uh, It's one of the reasons why he has been mentioned as a guy who should be a sell-high candidate. I agree with that if you can turn him into a wide receiver one. 
But if not, otherwise, I'm not trading Stephon Diggs for you know a solid wide receiver too. They have a great schedule over the next month. We've talked about this. We've talked about the possibility of Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs being able to make a turnaround and being crucial for your fantasy teams and being what you drafted them to be because of their matchups over the next few weeks. So I wouldn't trade them unless I'm, I'm going to turn him into a wide receiver one. So be careful about who you're you know selling him high for, or even if it's a you know an RB one, whatever the case may be, in some sort of package. You need to get a top notch player if you're going to sell. Stephon Diggs with the schedule he's about to face. Like I said, this week, if Darius Slay plays, he could be in for a tough matchup, but they come right back with the Washington Redskins the following week. They have another good matchup after that. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it. So yeah, sell high if you can get a top-notch player, but otherwise, I'm sticking with Stephon Diggs. And just keep an eye on the injury report for Slay this week as far as what your expectations could go. I think I would still probably start Diggs regardless. The offense, especially the passing attack, especially Kirk Cousins, has been playing a lot better as of late, and it's not like you can't throw the ball in Detroit. So I would still play them regardless, but maybe it would give you an idea of how you need to temper your expectations in Diggs' case if he's going up against Slay, and maybe you have to make a different decision somewhere else in your lineup as a result. So just kind of keep that in mind. But I would probably play them either way. Kirk Cousins, I'm... I'm a little hesitant to stream him this week. I don't think this is a matchup where he has the highest of ceilings. So you may look elsewhere like Gardner Minshew, Josh Allen, who would probably have just as high of floors and more ceilings because of the matchup that they have. But because he's played two good weeks in a row, because they've because he's shown he's willing to make the tougher throws that he wasn't seemingly willing to make early on in the season, because they're back in sync a little bit more, I do think he's in streaming territory. He's just not going to be at the top end of those guys this week. Dalvin Cook, you have him, you play him. Doesn't matter who they're playing against. Plain and simple. On the Detroit Lions side of the ball, Matthew Stafford is not a streamer this week. Minnesota Vikings defense has been very good. Um, and even in games like the Packers last week where they were able to be in control for most of that game until the end, however you feel about that is how you feel about that. We're talking fantasy now. He still didn't put up a lot of fantasy numbers when he doesn't have to. Going up against the Minnesota Vikings, I don't think he's going to have that opportunity to do so. I think you still have to start Kenny Galladay, even though it's a tough matchup for him with Rhodes. But Rhodes hasn't been invincible. He hasn't been a black hole this year for wide receivers. So I do think if Detroit falls down in this game, which is a possibility, and they have to throw quite a bit in the second half of the fourth quarter, I do think Galladay is going to get peppered with some targets and still be a wide receiver too. Uh, he's good enough to really take on most cornerbacks, even some of the better ones, and still be able to produce. So I'm still going to be okay with playing Kenny Galladay as a wide receiver too. He just maybe doesn't have the highest of ceilings in his range of outcomes this particular week, but he still should be in your lineups. TJ Hawkinson, this guy is hard because the opportunity you're looking for a tight end who has the opportunity to score a touchdown. He's had those opportunities. He's dropped the ball between penalties. I mean, this is a guy who really, if things went his way, could easily have between five and seven touchdowns right now. Like he could be leading the league in tight for tight ends for touchdowns at the moment. He's had those opportunities. So it's hard because it's like, well, he's been getting his chances and maybe it's just a matter of time before he converts because we do believe he is a good player, but he hasn't converted. So at the same time, you can't really necessarily trust him. But I will say this, if you're in a situation where you have to stream a tight end this week, you could do worse than TJ Hawkinson because there's not too many guys out there who are getting at least the opportunities that he's been getting, even though he hasn't been necessarily converting on them the way you would want him to. 
So something to keep in mind there. I'm staying away from Marvin Jones this week. He wasn't able to take advantage of the Packers on the backside. I'm not going to trust him. Trey Waynes, who has been you know, suspect in the past, has actually been pretty good so far this season, at least good enough to the point where I'm not going to trust a Marvin Jones player who hasn't been that great the past few weeks. So I would probably skip on playing him this week. on Johnson, obviously you don't like the matchup, but you saw some things last week that you did like if you're a on Johnson owner. One, they went back to him in the red zone. He got that touchdown. It was out the one goal line, and they gave it to him on fourth and goal too. So they gave it to him in one of the biggest moments in the most important situation. He converted, and it showed that they still trust him even though he had the fumbling issues the week before they had the bye against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's the big thing you saw there. While he, they didn't run the football that much, and that was a little surprising, especially against the Packers who have been giving up gashing runs to most of the teams that they have played he was still by far the lead guy and because JD McKissick looks like he's the guy who's becoming the number two running back I have no fear of on Johnson losing carries in any significant way coming up so if they get in a situation where he can get 20 carries 18 carries maybe this game is one of those maybe it's not but you know on is going to get the bulk of that work and he's still involved in the passing game I would still like him to be a little bit more involved than what he has been so far But he's as solid of an RB2 as they come right now with the volume he's been getting. And they show you that they're willing to still trust him even after the fumble issues. So keep hoping he doesn't fumble. But for now, you're okay with on Johnson, even though this isn't a great matchup for him. Next game up we want to talk about is the Oakland Raiders and the Green Bay Packers. Let's start on the Packers side of the ball real quick because the injuries right now are crazy town. So I thought there would be a chance for Devontae Adams to come back this week. I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore. He didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice today. Obviously, we'll keep our eyes on it tomorrow, but it's not looking promising for Devontae Adams to come back this week. So obviously, whenever Adams doesn't play, Rodgers automatically, at the very least, doesn't have the ceiling that he had. So that's something you have to kind of keep in mind. Uh, the The other thing to this is that it's not just Adams. It's Scantling, Allison, Neither one of those guys have practiced so far this week either, or Jimmy Graham. They signed Ryan Grant, which to me means they at least expect one of those wide receivers to not play, if not two. And you're sitting in a situation where Jay Sternberger, I mean, I think Jimmy Graham's still going to play. From what I understand, his injury isn't isn't as serious. So I do think Jimmy's still going to play. But if he wasn't, you're looking at guys like Jay Sternberger, Lazard at the wide receiver position may wind up being the last man standing. Because if you if, if they go ahead and play Ryan Grant this week, you, you can't trust Ryan Grant to do anything, even if by some crazy situation he winds up having to be a default starting wide receiver. It's a bad situation. It's a, really, it's a bad situation for Aaron Rodgers because this is a matchup against the Oakland Raiders who have a banged-up defense right now that you would think he would be able to get back on track against. But because he's not going to have maybe anyone to throw to. He may only be a a floor type of play. May have better options on the streaming table. And it's it's been kind of sad. It's been kind of that way for Rodgers so far this season. I he performed admirably. He had a decent fantasy output against the Detroit Lions with pretty much the same situation because Scantling had went out for a period of time. Allison never came back after his concussion. Adams didn't play. And he was able to make something happen. And against the Oakland Raiders, whose offense is anemic, to say the least, right now, he may have an opportunity again to try to make something happen. But it's going to be because of sheer will. 
And that's not something I'm willing to count on for fantasy purposes. I don't count on sheer will. So we're going to have to see if anyone's able to come back. It's a little you know, concerning that two days in a row now, none of them have been able to practice. It could be that the Packers are just because they are banged up or just trying to be really conservative and not bother practicing anybody until Friday. So we're not going to know more until tomorrow. But yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about that situation for the Packers. What it does amplify is the running back situation with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. And against the Oakland Raiders right now, with how banged up at the receiving core they are, I think you can start both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams this week. It's definitely a 50-50 split. Aaron Jones, like I, I, like I said in the recap, because I was recording it as that Monday night game was going on, I was felt like I was literally watching Aaron Jones' fantasy value plummet before our eyes. Like I said, I don't know what this guy has to do. Whenever he's been given the opportunity to be the workhorse back, he's always incredible with great production. But it doesn't matter what the situation is, who the coach is. They don't seem to want to put him in that position consistently if they can help it. Jamal Williams always comes in to get touches. Even though he's incredibly slow and inefficient, it doesn't seem to matter. Um, But because of that, and because they have to lean on him and he gets the touches that he has, he has flex appeal this week. Now, part of the reason why he got as many touches as he did, especially in the second half, was you know because Aaron Jones, he dropped a catch that would have been a touchdown. He fumbled the football. It was a bad fumble, too. A really bad fumble. Um, just like clearly never had control of the ball. Never put it away. But it was clear that the game plan going into that game, even before all that happened, was to still at least be a 50-50 split. I think it's going to happen again this week. And because we're going to lean on them, I think both of them are going to very involved in the passing game. So I think you can play both of these guys. Aaron Jones can still be an RB2 for you, and Jamal Williams could be a high-end flex play. Plain and simple. On the Raiders' side of the ball, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller. That's who you're playing. Tyrell Williams is probably not going to play in this game. It may be a few weeks before he comes back. They came out and said he has he's dealing with plantar fasciitis, and it really didn't get much better over the bye. So I don't know exactly when we're going to see Tyrell Williams back. It could be several weeks. And until then, Josh Jacobs is going to get a heavy amount of volume for sure. And Darren Waller is going to get a heavy amount of volume. He's going to be the lead pass catcher on this team. So I think you can play both of them. Neither one of them are ever going to have a high, high ceiling just because you know defenses are going to key on those two. But the volume will always give them one of the highest floors that you can go to right now. So I think they're as safe as they come. And Josh Jacobs, this is a matchup against the Green Bay Packers who are susceptible to the run that I think could have a very good game here. Remember, he had a great game against Chicago, and that's the number one de- number one rush defense in the NFL right now. So I do think you can have a pretty good game out of Josh Jacobs in this one, and the volume should be there for Darren Waller. Outside of that, I don't really care about the Raiders for fantasy purposes right now. Derek Carr still only puts up, what, 180 yards a game? Who cares? Next game, well, we're going to take one more break here, and then we're going to finish up the rest of the preview for the 1 o'clock games and then have a mailbag segment on the other side. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. To cap off our preview matchups for today, we got the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts in this one. And of course, this is a big fantasy game too. 
on the Houston Texans side of the ball, you start your studs. You start Deshaun Watson. You start DeAndre Hopkins. I know he's been disappointing as of late, but he has a very good chance to get things turned around against the Colts in this one. And I think you can go ahead and continue to start Will Fuller. Now, my caveat with Will Fuller is that Kenny Stills was able to come back and practice in full today, which means he's probably going to play. Kenny Stills definitely does hinder the high ceiling expectation that you would normally have for Will Fuller because when he's in the game, he also does a lot of down-the-field routes along with Will Fuller. So they kind of take away from each other a little bit to some degree. It's why I thought Will Fuller had a lot more value when they had Kiki Kute manning the wide receiver three spot rather than that being Kenny Stills. So that's something to see. But when Kenny Stills was in, DeAndre Hopkins was having a much better game. So I do think DeAndre Hopkins gets a turnaround here. But I do think Will Fuller in this game against the Colts, which is a good matchup for him against their banged up secondary, still should have the high ceiling that you want him to have to continue playing him as a wide receiver three or a flex play in this particular matchup. As far as the tight ends go, like I said before, I don't know how you trust Darren Fells or Jordan Atkins. They rotated back and forth as far as who was the guy for the production that particular week. So as a result, I don't think either one of them have value because you just have no clue, no idea which one's going to be. So I would stay away from them. And of course, you start Carlos Hyde, who's been very good. He's been getting 18 to 20 carries almost every single game. And in this matchup against the Colts, who have been have been positive for fantasy running backs so far this season. I think he has a chance to maybe duplicate what he was able to do a week ago with just 100 yards and a touchdown. So you pretty much start all the Houston Texans you would normally look to start and play them with pretty with pretty much confidence across the board. On the Colts side of the ball, T.Y. Hilton is back, so it would be good to go there. You'll be good to go with Marlon Mack, of course. Those are no-brainers. The question becomes Jacoby Brissett. I do think Jacoby Brissett is going to be one of the top and streaming quarterbacks of the week. Houston is a great matchup, especially with their secondary. And as long as he has T.Y. Hilton, he has his full range of weapons. Jacoby Brissett has been excellent in the red zone this season. He, whether he runs a little bit or is able to throw the passing touchdowns, he has found himself to be a very good streaming quarterback more times than not. And this is a good matchup that could, in theory, become a shootout type of game where he could have the extra added volume that he doesn't always have sometimes when they're able to run the ball a ton with Marlon Mack. So I do think Jacoby Brissett is going to be one of the top end streaming quarterbacks. And then, of course, the tight end position, it's so bad right now. But Eric Ebron is a red zone threat, is somebody who has a chance to score any given week. And in a game that which could be a shootout, this would be a game that I would stream Eric Ebron. For instance, I would stream Eric Ebron over Dawson Knox, who we talked about earlier. I think he just has a better chance uh, to be getting in the end zone and be involved, at least at that part of the field, especially in a game like this. Our next game we want to talk about here is the Arizona Cardinals and the New York Giants. First of all, on the Cardinals side of the ball, Christian Kirk has been able to get back to practice this week, but it doesn't look like he's going to play as of yet. David Johnson was able to come back to practice today. He does look like he's going to be able to suit up. It's going to be fine against the Giants this week. Of course, you start him. Of course, you start Larry Fitzgerald, especially with no Christian Kirk. You should get a ton of volume in this one. And Giants are not a defense that you're afraid of in any capacity. And you have to start Kyler Murray, who's been a top 10 quarterback so far for fantasy purposes. And he has been running more and more as of late, which gives him a high ceiling or gives him a high floor with a high ceiling if he's able to do anything with his arm by just merely throwing it to David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald because that's really all it would take against the New York Giants to have a really good fantasy day. 
On the Giants side of the ball, a lot of exciting news there too. Saquon Barkley expects to be back this week. Evan Ingram expects to be back this week. Even Sterling Shepard, who we thought would miss multiple weeks, has been able to practice in a limited capacity so far. Hasn't quite cleared the concussion protocol, but there is some talk that he might be able to do so, which is a lot sooner than we all thought. Now, He may not have the most value. He's probably going to be the outside wide receiver. Patrick Peterson for the Cardinals comes back this week. So either way, I'm not going to start Sterling Shepard this week, even if he suits up. One, because of the matchup. But two, we got to see exactly how healthy he is, because it would be surprising to see him back this soon. But also, Golden Tate's going to be the one who probably has the mismatch. Uh, And he's probably the one they're going to go to mostly in the slot, along with Evan Ingram against the Arizona Cardinals shaping up to have a really good game too, going up against the number one, uh, the number, well, not the number one tight end defense against the tight ends, but the best tight end defense to play against four tight end positions. And that's what we have pretty much going on there. So you play Saquon. Uh, I think Golden Tate is somebody you can play as a wide receiver for. I know he had a big game last week, but with Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram coming back, they had no one else to throw the ball to. So let's see what happens when the volume actually has an opportunity to be dispersed with Saquon and Ingram and Sterling Shepard possibly all being back before we go ahead and plug Golden Tate in as a flex to wide receiver three weekly starter, especially in PPR leagues. I got to see it first. This would be a good game to get an eye for it going up against a bad defense in the Cardinals. But that's all I'm playing for fantasy purposes. I don't think Daniel Jones is a streaming quarterback this week, even against the Cardinals. Uh, of course, there's a chance he might have a decent game here. But with Patrick Peterson back and the fact that Daniel Jones has not been very good for the past couple few weeks, I would probably surmise that I could find better streaming options that I would trust a little bit more, especially floor-wise, heading into Week 7. So our next game here we want to talk about is the San Francisco 49ers and the Washington Redskins. This is the last game for the podcast before we go to the mailbag segment on the other side. And for the 49ers, obviously, going against the Redskins, the plus matchup here. Now, Debo Samuel may not play in this one, hasn't practiced due to a groin injury as of yet. We're still waiting for the Thursday report because, you know, on the West Coast, we have to wait a little bit later in the day. Uh, And George Kittle didn't practice yesterday, but he didn't practice that much last week because of the groin injury as well, and yet he was still able to play and played really well. So I don't, I'm not really worried about George Kittle. Debo Samuel will be the guy that I'm not 100% sure will be able to make it or not. So as a result, though, I do expect Dante Pettis to play more. One, he's been playing more and more each week anyway. He's actually been running the most routes for the team, too. And if Debo Samuel misses, he would actually go down as the bona fide starter this week. So I do think Dante Pettis, I don't think you can trust him in redraft leagues. But against the Washington Redskins, if you wanted to take a dark horse dart throw in a tournament league in DFS, I do think Dante Pettis is somebody you could go with this week, uh, especially given the situation. Obviously, you start Tevin Coleman. I do think Matt Breed is going to have flex appeal in this one, too. There's no reason why the 49ers won't be able to run the ball pretty much all game if they want to against the Washington Redskins, who I don't expect to be able to put up much offensively against this defense right now. So I do think both Tevin Coleman and Matt Breed are guys that you can start this week, too. On the Redskins side of the ball, you start Terry McLaurin because he's been good pretty much no matter what the situation is, no matter what defense they're playing. Even when they played the Patriots, he's the one wide receiver who scored against them. So no matter what defense they've played, no matter who the quarterback has been, as long as Terry McLaurin has been out on the field, he's been a wide receiver too at the very least. So Terry McLaurin, you can play him in this one. 
outside of that, no, no. First of all, Chris Thompson's probably not going to play. So that means Wendell Smallwood will take over passing down work. Don't care there. Adrian Peterson, he could get 30 carries against the San Francisco 49ers. I still wouldn't want to play him this week. No way. Obviously, you're not going to stream any of the quarterbacks. Case Keenum's going to be the one. He practiced in full. He'll be back out there again. Don't care. So the only person you want to play is Terry McLaurin for the Washington Redskins. That's it. Even if Vernon Davis were to come back this week. So that's going to wrap up our previews for the Thursday night and the 1 o'clock games. We're going to take one more quick break, come back on the other side with the mailbag segment, and then we'll close out the episode. Tired of spending hours upon hours on research for your drafts but still want the excitement of having something on the line while watching the game? Well, join the Thrive Fantasy app where they have streamlined the process for you to make it easy and fun to play along. Use promo code MDFF when you sign up with a $10 deposit and receive an additional $10 for free. Again, that's promo code MDFF. Now it's time for my favorite part of the show, the mailbag segment where I get to give all of the listeners from MD Nation some love because you guys are the ones who make this show possible and worth doing, quite frankly, for me personally. And I love that you will trust me to be a tool for you to help you win your fantasy matchups. And of course, every single week on the preview episodes, I will always do this. I will always select a few questions from the listeners, from the fans to be shouted out on the show and be talked about. And if you want to have that have that opportunity or just get your questions answered so you don't have to think about it anymore and you can move on with the rest of your day, you can always tweet at me at MDSFFshow. Hit me up on Facebook at MDFF show or email me directly through the website www.mdffshow.com. So that's the way you can contact me always on there to get these questions up. And I selected a few really good ones this week that I got, of course, always appreciative and thankful to get these questions. And first up, I got Parky from Twitter. He asked Dawson Knox or Darren Fells. And I picked this one out. Obviously, it's, you know, it's not a pretty question. These aren't pretty names to talk about. But the reason I picked out this question is because this is a type of dilemma that a lot of people are facing because the Titan situation is so brutal. It might even be more brutal this year than it was last year at this point uh, because it's so brutal. These are the type of names that people are contemplating in these bye weeks when they have injuries uh, about what they should do. And between Dawson Knox and Darren Fells, this will be the one situation. Earlier in the episode when I said, I bet you I could find somebody better than Dawson Knox. Assuming that this guy has looked at all of his options and these are the two best tight end options, this would be the one situation where I would say, you know what, Dawson Knox might be better. Uh, I don't know what your tight end situation is in general, Parky, but let's assume for a second that you, I don't know, have Will, did you have Will Disley? And as a result, you have to pick up a tight end for the rest of the season, or you're going to have to stream tight ends throughout the rest of the year. Let's put that, let's have that be the scenario, because that's a likely scenario right now. And you're in a situation where maybe you're in a deeper league or whatever, and these are your top two options at tight end for the rest of the season, or at least for this week. Dawson Knox, you pick him up because he's playing the Miami Dolphins and then he plays the Philadelphia Eagles next week. So you have two weeks where at least he has a plus matchup. While he's not that involved in the offense, he is the only tight end. So if there's a tight end who's going to be involved in the passing game, it will be Dawson Knox. Where Darren Fells, he's on a much better offense and a better situation, but it could just as likely be Atkins, the other tight end who's getting all of the work, rather than Darren Fells. It's just as likely to flip-flop. So I would go with Dawson Knox in this one just because if he is going to get work, if the tight end is going to get work, it's going to be him. And he has two good matchups to go with it. It's close. Darren Fells, obviously, with the better offense, has the potential to be involved. But 
I would say I would have to slightly lean towards Dawson Knox this week, but this is a good question to get a barometer of how desperate things are at the tight end position right now for fantasy football. Sophie, she asks from Facebook, uh, Terry McLaurin or Tyler Boyd in a half-point PPR leak? Hands down, Terry McLaurin. Uh, I talk about this in the recap show. I just briefly mentioned it before the break when we are talking about the Washington Redskins and the San Francisco 49ers. Terry McLaurin is a bona fide wide receiver, too. It hasn't mattered who they've played. Uh, the biggest one was that he played against the Patriots and still managed to score a touchdown. That told me all I need to know about Terry McLaurin the rest of the season. It doesn't matter who you play. It doesn't matter what matchup you have. I can play you as a wide receiver, too, and expect solid production out of you. Or at least be confident in it. Tyler Boyd right now, with nobody else to be able to take the top off the field with him seeing the bracket coverage at the moment, being that he's been pretty much MIA for the past few weeks, if you have better options, which in this case, Sophie, you do, I wouldn't play Tyler Boyd if I can avoid it. Last question that I picked out for today, Gunner, from e- for my email, uh, I went to the website there, asks, Alshon Jeffrey or Golden Tate rest of the season? Interesting question. Hands down, Alshon Jeffrey for me, first of all. Uh, he's been a target monster so far this year. Golden Tate just got back. It's still a new offense. We're going to have to see how this team gels. It's going to be offense more times than not. It's going to flow through Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram before it goes to the wide receivers, especially when they're healthy. Um, and I've talked in numerous times about the fact that I don't love the combo of Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard because I think they're both slot receivers. And if they decide that they're going to flip-flop who plays the slot one week and who plays the outside, whoever gets stuck on the outside is going to be the odd man out plain and simple. I think it'll be Shepard more times than not, but still the offense is going to flow through Barkley and Ingram before it flows through those two wide receivers. Alshon Jeffrey is the number one wide receiver. And this year, because Zach Ertz hasn't been doing as well and hasn't been getting as much targets his way, has actually been the number one targeted pass catcher. And when Deshaun Jackson comes back, I think you're going to see the Philadelphia Eagles offense take another step up in general and have more opportunities to score, more opportunities to be explosive. He's actually been very, very good this week, been very, very solid. And I don't think we've even seen as many big-time games out of him as we're going to see as the season progresses. Uh, I've been very impressed with Carson Wentz. Like I said, when Deshaun Jackson comes back, it's going to add a whole new uh, dimension to that offense that I think is going to help everyone involved. So I would definitely say Alshon Jeffrey, hands down, rest of the season over Golden Tate. That's going to wrap up today's show for me. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Remember, we will be back tomorrow with the preview week seven preview part two which will be the four o'clock games the sunday night and the monday night football game along with recapping the thursday night football game from tonight i'll be doing more preview i'll be doing more mailbag questions tomorrow so you still have a chance to get possibly shouted out on the show for tomorrow if you uh, contact me with a with a fantasy football question and make sure you listen to the podcast on any one of your favorite podcast app apple podcast google play stitcher spotify spreaker um, now the new preferred podcast of podcast app of the show and make sure you're checking out any one of my networks overtime heroics unwrap sports especially belly up sports which i am the fantasy head department of now and i'm doing a lot of uh start sit questions starting at 9 a.m on sundays all the way up until kickoff so i'll be available for you not just on my twitter feed at mdsff show but also at belly up fantasy uh there for you guys to make sure you're all squared away for your matchups on week seven too so i will We'll be seeing you guys again tomorrow and good luck in tonight's game and have a lovely day.
Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 